Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in your everyday life. Hey, everyone. Welcome. I'm Pastor David here with Liz Jones and Pastor Bob Will. Yes, here I am. We've resolved to do a podcast on conflict resolution. Wow. I didn't want to do it. I was pretty conflicted about it. We had to like, we had to really force the issue here to make them agree. Yes. With shame and manipulation. Yes. You inflicted your conflict on us. (laughs) That's the best way to resolve a conflict. Mm -hmm. Okay. Apparently Pastor David has problems with people and now we're being brought into this. Yeah. I've actually had problems with people like as a Christian. I have no problems with people ever. Yeah. I mean, did Jesus, Jesus didn't, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, did Jesus ever have conflicts? Never. He was perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Never any problem. We're supposed to be like him. He resolved his conflict, uh, his conflicts. He made hell. (laughs) Oh oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, Sort of. I'm sorry. Sorry. sorry, I've been on this hell thing for a while and I just, you know, can't get out of it. It's because you burnt your finger. (laughs) (laughs) You tasted the wine of the wrath of God (laughs) in a just small measure with that burned finger. Oh, geez. Like Would anyone man, out there like to receive Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> because this is a good time. You I mean, know, that uh, would resolve a lot of conflict in your life. Go put your finger in the fire and then you'll think about how yes. that was happening here. Just keep okay. it there for a while. Gandalf the Gray said, the burned hand teaches best. Ooh. <laughs> That's good. Who's that so we needed, we needed some wisdom in this podcast. So I thought I'd okay. tap on Gandalf a little wow. bit. Wow. Bring it on in. Okay. Okay. So what, are, what were some conflicts that Jesus had? Poor Jesus. He had conflicts <laughs> everywhere he went. Oh. <laughs> and so did his disciples. Yes. Because people have conflict with the truth. Whoa. And people have conflict with personalities. Mm. And people have conflict with change. <laughs> right? All our favorite things. Wow. Conflict with the truth. That's a mouthful saying that. Yeah. It just came out. Just forget it. Just ignore it. No, that's a good one. I mean, because <laughs> that it would be conflict mm-hmm. with Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of times people think they're just having conflicts with each other when in reality it's with him. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, Lord. I was, uh, we're doing our Bible study for youth group last night, and it was in Mark 3 where, the, um, where Jesus' family interrupted his preaching and said, hey, we've got to take him away. He's crazy. He's out of his mind. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> everywhere Lord he went, Jesus. demons were popping off and yes. you know, right. manifesting. And um, that was definitely a conflict even with his own family. Oh, yeah. He had. What did they say? Yeah. Look, he... He, we dropped him on his head when he was younger or something. Oh, what did they say? We <laughs> lost him for a we while. We lost him for a while. <laughs> yeah. He went roaming off. <laughs> he it's came true, back. Huh? Maybe they had some buried guilt for how they raised him. Yeah. I don't know. I think Jesus, <laughs> he walked around in constant conflict. Mm. Or he was dealing with conflict with his disciples, right? He was dealing with conflict mm. all around him. Constant conflict. Is that related to constant <laughs> contact? <laughs> it's the Probably. same difference, isn't yeah. it? Yes. I love it. We're laughing way through conflict. Yeah, that's it's a good great way to do thing, it. Huh? Yeah. Do I mean, it. a good way to not have conflict is just not be with anybody. Yes. So Jesus was always with people. Well, he... Yeah. Until he, he did, had to get away. He did right. have to get, He's like, I got to leave you guys. Yeah. There's a hill calling me. <laughs> Some good wisdom in that, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you get overwhelmed. You got to step yeah. away and be with God and clear your head and mm. he gives some wisdom to come back in. Yeah. Um, but what, what kinds of conflicts do Christians experience? I mean, you guys all walk with Christians on a daily basis. You do church ministry a lot. There are conflicts in the church. Yes. Uh, what are some, what are some maybe key themes that you guys see a lot like conflicts that Christians tend to have? Yeah. Yeah, Liz, what well, do you? <laughs> well, I do think it's a good point you're making that uh, we have to just be realistic that there is conflict whenever there's people together. And I think sometimes people get surprised that there's conflict in the church, but the church is made of people. Mm -hmm. And so it shouldn't like shake us or rattle our faith or make us think that it's like not the real church or something because there's conflict. That's just the reality of people working out their faith together. Is that where the, where two or three gathered in my name? There is conflict. Yeah. (laughs) Is that where that scripture came from? (laughs) Well, it is true. (laughs) Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. I mean, there's conflict on spiritual level levels and there's conflict on very natural levels, just personalities, different backgrounds, different perspectives, different opinions about things, uh, different beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. Different beliefs about um, doctrinal issues sometimes, um, mm-hmm. diff, you know, there's always going to be differences of thought 
mm-hmm. with when you get people together. I don't know any two people that think exactly the same. So there's yeah. always recipe for conflict there. I think some people are just contraries too. Yeah. No, like, they're not. They, <laughs> I said they are. No. <laughs> yeah, they just disagree with anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just uh, to, to be contrary and then that causes a conflict with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, people like press people into places where, you know, there's going to be conflict. I think people set a trap for people sometimes yeah. for conflict. Okay. Where they lay it all out. They certainly did for Jesus, huh? Just Ooh. a tiny bit. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Everywhere he went. He's always having to maneuver. What do people get out of that? Why do people do that? Why do they trap the person? Trap a person? Yeah, I'm going to stumble um, that person. I think it's a pride thing. Uh, and pride takes its, um, it comes out and becomes apparent in people wanting to dominate other people, look oh, better, mm-hmm. look good, yeah. you know, be the smartest one, be the one that knows everything. And meanwhile, uh, yeah, that causes conflict, instant conflict around you because everybody's like, what's going on with you, man? I thought we were walking with Jesus together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Did I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> and then the world, you, you kind of come to expect it from the world. Right, because the world is a giant conflict, and you know, because their father is a mm. giant liar and a conflictor, mm. <laughs> you know, he's against the truth, right? And so, so with the world, we 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 should expect it. It's who they are; they're just being who they are. And so, it always amazes me. And we're all surprised by when somebody in the world does something weird mm. or something that causes uh, a conflict or a problem between people. It's mm. like, but that's who they are. They they actually, it's hard for them to be something else. They have to yeah. act like something else rather than be who they are. Um, but it should not be this way with Christians. Yeah. Yeah. There shouldn't be this, like, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to sit at your right hand? Jesus. Yeah. Who's, you know, like all of those little conflicts that happen right in front of him, mm-hmm. which was amazing. That's amazing to me. Yeah. You know, it yeah. made me, uh, Think of that scripture in Romans 8, 6. It says the carnal mind is enmity. Mm. It's enmity against God, but that trickles down towards everybody that's made in God's image. Right. So the, the carnal mind, it just means our natural mind, the way that we're used to thinking. And our default mode is a conflict. We're children of wrath by nature. We're constantly born into that sort of strife, right? And, um, you know, so peace isn't a core value of the world. Right. <laughs> it's not a core value of the kingdom of darkness, um, but I believe peace is a core value of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. They will be sons of God. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, you just think about flip that on its head. You know, uh, cursed are the grudge holders. They're sons <laughs> of the devil. The right. And so it's, it's just total flip of what God's will is for us when we're yeah. living in quarreling, strife, unresolved conflict. Yeah. Um, not that there can't be conflict in the kingdom, but... Well, I think, too, that it's important to distinguish between conflict and confrontation mm-hmm. um, because one doesn't necessarily mean the other. And there is confrontation in mm-hmm. the kingdom, right? You don't have peace without confrontation, actually. Mm-hmm. But that's different than conflict. And I think a lot of times we get those mixed up where it's like, uh, um, I don't want to be in conflict, so I don't ever confront anything. But you can confront things without entering into conflict. Mm. Conflict is where there becomes a division. There becomes, like you're saying, kind of an against happening there. But confrontation, I mean, the Lord confronts us, me, anyway, (laughs) a lot. lot. (laughs) (laughs) But there's confrontation. That's that's part of a, a natural, healthy relationship is that you can actually like, oh, hey, we're not seeing eye to eye on this. Like, let's let's just put it out there and come to see if we can come to agreement, but we're still yeah. trying with the effort of coming into the unity of the faith together. Mm-hmm. Conflict is different than that. I think if you're trying to avoid confrontation all the time, then you become a people pleaser mm-hmm. on every level. And because you don't want to upset or have any kind of difference with anyone about anything. The yeah. problem is you know, when you become a people pleaser too much sooner or later, you will have to give up some of your core mm-hmm. uh, beliefs and some of your uh, the things that make you a Christian, make you who you are, mm-hmm. and so then you will have to compromise those things yeah. um, if you're going if you're truly going to be uh, someone who never confronts anything. Yeah, never, you know. And like I said, we we turn it into conflict, which I think conflicts are very. It's the whole other end of it because what that does is it causes strife. It causes an against something yeah. to the place where there's going to be, you know, we're going to throw blows. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not. And uh, 
And that is really, like I said before, it's really a worldly attitude. And like you were mentioning, David, earlier of mm-hmm. uh, the scripture, the other scripture that comes to mind is, you know, in Romans 12, you know, be not conformed to this world. Because guess what happens? This world, mm-hmm. when you're conforming to it, it will um, bring you into opposition uh, with someone else. And that kind of opposition um, is usually um, the end, the end goal of that is division. It's mm-hmm. not so uh, confronting, like you were saying, Liz. Mm-hmm. I believe in God is not to bring us, is not to tear us away. It's yeah. actually to bring us together, yeah. you know, to resolve things. Yeah. Because you know, uh, when we are confronted by God, that's that thing that Holy Spirit does with convicting us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if God was a people pleaser, He would never, <laughs> He would never convict right. us, right? right? Because you know, He doesn't want to confront us with our mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. or our sins and he just wants to like get along mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. but in reality his confrontation with our sins is in an effort for us to be drawn closer to him yeah. and drawn closer to his heart not to be separated from him mm-hmm. our efforts in conflict in the natural way always separate mm-hmm. oh, always good. bring division mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. great um so we shouldn't fear uh you know confrontation in that sense, in a godly sense mm-hmm. of being right. confronted by God or a brother and sister, mm-hmm. if they're not trying to divide, but they're actually trying to unite and make peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what would you say to someone who might fear that? They might fear what they view as conflict as a destructive thing. Maybe they've had a horrible past where they've, you know, they've been getting fault found or criticized for years, and mm-hmm. they are a bit of a people pleaser. They would identify themselves as agreeable personality type, whatever, whatever they might say. Um, how would you maybe speak to somebody like that that's just really afraid to um, be in these type of of communication situations? You guys yeah, have any, any ideas question. on this? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of view conflict as the internal position of somebody. Uh, you're in conflict with somebody. There's something in you that is mm-hmm. conflicting with something in them. Mm-hmm. Confrontation is really the way to, can be a way to deal with that. Now, you can just resolve conflict internally on your own. Mm-hmm. If I have a conflict with someone, I don't like the way they're doing something. I don't like that personality. <clears throat> Whatever it is, is bringing me into conflict with them. I can actually go to the Lord and deal with that um, mm-hmm. on my own. Forgive them. Um, just give them over to the Lord, whatever it is I need to do with that. If I can't do that on my own, mm-hmm. if I just like co- constantly am dealing mm-hmm. with conflict with someone, then I need to get help of like, we may actually need to confront this. Yeah. But confrontation doesn't, um, I know a lot of people fear confrontation, but usually the result of confrontation that's done in a godly way with godly counselors, with you know seasoned wise people in the middle of it, it actually brings a strengthening to the relationship. It can bring understanding where there's been misunderstanding. It can bring healing where there's been wounds. Yeah. So co- from my experience, I've seen confrontation be a very healthy thing mm-hmm. that actually builds relationship, not damages it. And yeah. so that's what I would say to someone, you know, if they're afraid of confrontation, but they have a conflict in their soul. It's like, first of all, you have to resolve that conflict. If that's something you and the Lord can take care of, that's awesome. If not, you need to take the next step and bring someone with you. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you don't know how to do it well on your own. There are people who can help you walk walk that out. Yeah. And unity requires confrontation. Yeah. For us to come into unity together, it requires us to look at things that where we're maybe not on the same page for the purpose of coming together in unity. So mm-hmm. I just try to instill faith in them, faith in them in the process, because God gives us steps to resolve conflicts. Like, you know, you go right. to your brother, they won't hear you, you go with someone else. Mm-hmm. Like it's his mm-hmm. desire to help us resolve conflict. And there's a faith <laughs> issue that mm-hmm. has to be brought there too. And believing the principles of God, that there will, there can be resolution, right. there can be restoration, there can be the building up of a relationship and just trying to take out of them the concept of conflict and confrontation always means loss. Yeah. Because I think that's rooted in people a lot where they view it like anytime yeah. there's confrontation, anytime there's conflict, I'm going to lose something mm-hmm. or something's going to be taken away from me or something's going to be damaged. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some things have to be lost. And if we avoid the loss of some things, yeah. uh, we like I said, we're just pushing things down the road. Mm-hmm. I think w- what you were saying is that 
a really critical word is a resolution. There needs to be a resolving of things. And I believe that's what God, that, that that's what he does. That's what he wants from his people. He wants to, uh, to come to a place where things are, re, are have a resolution to them. They, uh, as opposed to things either just swept under the rug or worse, the other thing you were talking about, um, harboring it in your heart yeah. because that's where, <laughs> that's where people get bitterness, mm -hmm. resentment, unforgiveness, mm -hmm. all these strife, right? That's where all the division happens. And when it's just held there, I think you gave uh, a really good um, uh, way of, of, of really finding resolution. And that is, uh, like you're saying, finds, if you, if you can't take care of it yourself, go, you know, employ the, the method that God put in his Bible, go find somebody or go to that person. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to that person, when you have a conflict, when you have a conflict in your soul and you're going to somebody to make sure they understand you're right and they're wrong, <laughs> yeah. there is no conflict resolution going on there, <laughs> right? Because what yeah. you're not getting is what, how they see things. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't hear. And most people, when you see conflict happening and you see this in our world happening at an accelerated rate right now, where people are just shouting at each other. Yeah. They hate, there's this total hate, like intense, you're, you're wrong. No, you, you can't talk to me. It doesn't matter what the person's saying. They could be saying, I really want to make it right. Oh no, you're wrong. You see, so you'll never make it right. You know, that is the world, that, that's a worldly, yeah. that's, the, that's the spirit of this world, like just taking root in someone. Mm -hmm. And I think there's that, that root of bitterness, mm -hmm. it's in there. It's it, mm -hmm. it it corrupts. It eats away at people from the inside out. That's the world. They are they're stuck with that. We as Christians, we should not be stuck with that. We should not be just adopting that and making that part of our lives. Period. Yeah. So. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, you guys are getting a um, you know a concept of reconciliation mm -hmm. in the Word of God that we're actually ambassadors mm -hmm. of reconciliation according to second Corinthians five, we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. That, that is like bringing people to Jesus, but it's also um, like Paul said in another place, isn't mm -hmm. there someone wise enough among you who can settle disputes? Right. Isn't there somebody that can have God's perspective? Um, you know, <laughs> God came to us to be an ambassador of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. It was Christ's mission to reconcile all things in heaven and earth by the blood of his cross. But like pastor Bob said, the person who came to do that, we killed him. <laughs> we didn't, right. didn't want to hear what he had to say. He was confronting how they were doing things, and he was undermining their concept of what a Messiah should be, and you know, blah, 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 all the reasons yeah. why it happened. But yeah, um, I was just reading a book by Danny Silk uh, where he said the goal of a conversation should be uh, understanding and, and hearing. Um, and it's such a basic point, but. Mm -hmm. If you don't start with that, you don't start, you don't even get the right perspective. You can never be reconciled. If all you have is your view, you can never flex at all. You can never actually bring somebody to a place where they see things differently because you're not willing to see it differently. Well, I think that's yeah. really the hard, uh, the hardness of heart aspect in, in God and where uh, you're, we are unwilling to bring ourselves under the authority of the truth, mm -hmm. him and of his uh, doctrines, of his purposes, of him. And so, uh, and you see, I think in, when brother has problem with brother, sister with sister, you're in the Lord. I, the, I think the core of that problem is the fact that someone's not willing to come under, under the jurisdiction of God, hmm. where my opinion even though I feel it's right, mm -hmm. even though I, you know, because in my feelings and everything in me internally is right, may not be right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not willing to yield to the authority of God, number one, yeah. or the authority of the church, mm -hmm. or the authority of people who maybe God put in your life to have that kind of oversight over you. You know, not, mm -hmm. not uh, you know, being your taskmaster, but being someone who can bring a... Uh, perspective that's not so uh, subjected, but objectively look at the situation. But that means that both parties have to submit to truth. Like mm -hmm. that you have to be able to give up what you think is absolutely right because of how you feel and go, oh yeah, God, God doesn't, 
God won't stand for that. Hmm. And that's a rough one. Now, you know, you earlier on you said, you know, you brought up like Jesus and you know, we think about the Pharisees and all well, they they had all the knowledge of truth. You know, the under you know, they had the head knowledge of truth. They just refused to submit to truth. <laughs> that's just a little detail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's they followed they, God's way without God's heart. Right. They weren't open to his heart. No. They could never be in agreement with God in the flesh because they already thought they knew the way completely and they had completely missed the point of the scriptures, the point of history, the point of everything they were doing. They had totally blown past it because they were the judges. They were right. sitting on the judgment seat. They were ruling in the name of Moses, right? They actually were judges with evil thoughts, like James says. And you can never have peace when you're judging people, when you're holding their trespasses against them, when you're the arbiter of everything that's right and you're trying to conform other people to your way you'll never be able to actually find the balance yeah. for peace. But. I have a question for you guys. <gasps> what I'm always if, afraid of her questions. <laughs> what if You're not question. the question person I here. Know, I have a conflict with this, you oh. questioning. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to resolve it right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if you're in conflict with someone and in the church and you are absolutely right and they refuse to change? How do you resolve that? Oh, see, I run into this all the time. <laughs> I know you do because you're always I'm right. I'm always yeah. right. <laughs> so, I mean, one time I was wrong, but then I found out I was wrong about that. That's oh, what it is. Like, wow. yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, wow. So, for me, <laughs> how that works out, mm-hmm. um, actually interesting, it has a lot to do with what we've been talking about. And that is, you have to wonder if your feeling about you being right is worth killing a brother or sister, mm. causing them to be uh, out of fellowship with you. Now, I'm not talking about someone who's, you know, outright sinning or, you know, I mean, we can go put it that way. And I, right. I get that. There's all sorts of ways of handling some of that stuff. Yeah. But I'm talking about, you know, you have an issue with somebody mm. and you make that issue bigger than the eternal issue <laughs> that you're actually, they're actually bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. Like you lose total sight of that when you're in conflict mm-hmm. and you're going to, uh, you're going to magnify your issues over God's truth, over his issues, because God wants us to be forgivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God wants us to walk together in a unity. And like I said, I don't want someone to get the wrong idea. I'm not talking about someone is like way off on some wacky, right. you know, planet that talking about against Jesus and doctrines mm-hmm. that are doctrines of devil. I'm not talking about that. God, Jesus is really good at going, hey, I'm going to start this conflict. <laughs> Confrontation. <laughs> I'm going conf- <laughs> to confront this in your hearts. I think he knew he was poking there, by yeah. the way. I don't think it was any accident. You mean when he called them yes. sons of the devil? Yes. Yes. And I think Paul was exactly the same <laughs> way. <laughs> Vipers. <laughs> Nowadays, that would be like, oh, wow, I'm a viper. Yeah. You know, but no, little details like that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. uh, you know, the other thing too is, is he was Jesus. He was God. Yes. <laughs> and he could call it the way it really was. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also Paul, you know, he, he called things out for what they were. He didn't, he didn't whitewash any of that, but he also required people to heal their relationships and get past Mm -hmm. where they were at Mm -hmm. in their own soul. You know, you know, Hey, um, you know, he, he was willing to take, uh, take it on on some of other people's problems on himself. Like, yeah, count that to me. I, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you you got a problem with it, it's my, it's me. Take it, uh, take it out on me. Put it on my account. Put it on my account. Let me remind you. Let me remind you of your account. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but Philemon for those that don't know. But that is actually the big picture of this whole thing that we're talking about here mm-hmm. is actually seeing the the bigger concern of God and how he's how good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. 
I was going to say, it's like the precious oil running down the yes. beard of Aaron. Yes. Um, I was yeah, waiting for good, you to do that. That's a good you scripture. You weren't doing that. Um, yeah. yeah, but there's life there, see? So, but there where there's death, forevermore. where the conflict is, is where there's death. Yeah. Well, what is your question when I'm totally, when I'm 100% right in a yeah. conflict, that's never happened to and me before. And someone just won't change. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if it happens, I'll know, I'll know what to do. But honestly, I don't think I've ever been 100% right. And you have to realize that is like, you probably have a, t you know, a log in your own, your own eye when you're trying to pick a speck out of someone's eye. Um, and let's say, but let's say, okay, if I really believed I was 100% right, mm -hmm. um, I probably still didn't have a good attitude towards the person when I confronted them. I still probably thought evil of them mm. a lot. Um, so I'll confess that before God. I'll ask God um, in my heart to make me pure. I'll pray for the person uh, and I will confront the person because it says in Matthew 18, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, uh, forgive him, right? And so you don't always have to sweep it under the rug. Uh, you can, I think that's really good. If you can deal with it and cover the offense on your own, great. Uh, but sometimes it really needles you and you start, you know, you're like, dang it, I'm, you know, I'm right on this. Like they're, they're a heretic. They're ruining the whole church, you know, whatever, whatever your mind scrambles to. Um, so you just, you pray for them. You pray for your own, your own heart uh, because the Bible actually says in the same chapter, Matthew 18, that you have to forgive your brother from the heart. And to me, that's like a, that's a huge challenge from Jesus. It's not just, okay, well, I let it go. That, that's good. It's a decision of the will. But you're supposed to pray and encounter Jesus until you actually release it from your heart. Um, and then you've completely released it. You've forgiven them from the heart even before you've, you've talked with them, hopefully. Um, and so, you know, the, the ideal would be um, when somebody repents and they, they say, sorry, maybe it's 10 years later, maybe it's 50 years, they give you that apology and you're like, okay, you know, it doesn't even move you really because your heart was already resolved to that. You're like, I well, already, I also I believe let that, that go, forgiving you know? from the heart is not sweeping it under the rug at all. I actually no. believe it's resolving no, no. it. Yeah, exactly. That, that, is, exactly. The res that is resolution. Mm -hmm. Because like, like you were saying earlier, the conflict is actually in your heart. That's really where it is. But well, um, yeah, you know. what I was just going to say, though, is like yeah. to actually confront that, though, once I've dealt with my heart, I would bring my fault to the person and say, hey, I, I had a bad attitude towards you in this. I, I ask you to forgive me. However, here's my view on this. I, I would want it to be based on God and the scripture as my authority. And if I, if I believed I was right, I would put that as the authority and just leave it out there. Um, and then hopefully could, um, could hear then what their perspective was. Mm. Because um, usually I misinterpreted their perspective. Wait a minute. You mean you don't go to that, you don't go to that person and tell them all the bad things they did and how they were wrong? That's not going to work. You can't. Oh, I thought you had to go tell them that they it's were wrong. It's not about you. Here's, here's what I found out. I found this out in evangelism, debating with people. Um, it's not about you saying what you need to say. It's about them hearing what they need to hear. And you need to present it in a way that they will actually hear. Okay. It's not just like, oh, well, here's all the points I need to make. So I get it off my chest. It's like, that doesn't matter if they don't hear a single one of them. You just, you threw your pearls before swine, right? So you actually, that's why you have to deal with your own heart or else you're going to be ineffective. You're just going to be barfing all over somebody. And it's just going to make a mess. Like <laughs> nothing's going to actually hit yeah. at home. So. Well, I think too that um, there are some situations where you may have conflict with someone. <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. Just because of the way they are. <laughs> right? Why are you the okay. way that you are? <laughs> are you Let me think are? of somebody like that. Oh, Not that I, you I know, can't know think anyone of anybody like that. Like that. <laughs> I hate so much about and, the things but you, you can, choose okay, to so, <laughs> I forgive you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but bringing us to the place of... Look, okay, in reality, <laughs> there are many situations where people are like, I cannot resolve this conflict <laughs> until that person changes. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, have you ever heard that's that? That's a wonderful that a standard, times. huh? Yeah, or I, cannot, I will always be in conflict with this person <laughs> until they change. And see it your way. And so it's, or just do what's right or stop being yeah. annoying or stop, whatever it is, right? Stop showing think, up late to everything. I think you and I are going to be in conflict forever then. <laughs> you said stop being annoying. Yes. That's a pretty high standard. I don't know. Okay. You make, you make me cough. Why don't you take I'm a drink delivered. out of that colorful right cup of yours? Oh. Okay. But what I'm saying is that is, 
um, there, there has to be a way for people to be able to resolve conflict or what they perceive as conflict, even though that that other person may be completely unwilling to change. It may be someone that's in the Lord. It may be Mm. someone that's not walking with the Lord, but we come into conflict with people all the time. And it's like, well, if this, I can't resolve this situation until something changes. Yeah. Mm. And what? That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess the point I'm trying to bring us to is that. (laughs) What is that point? (laughs) Um, I feel so conflicted over this point. (laughs) And just to speak to someone who's listening maybe who's feeling this way is that there are, you can still resolve conflict in you because conflict is in you toward that person. They may never change. They may continue to be annoying and and flat out (laughs) sinning against the Lord and sinning against you. But that doesn't mean that you have to be in conflict with that person. Mm -hmm. There may be times of confrontation, but uh, what I'm saying is that your ability to be in peace is not dependent on that person's behavior. And I think this is something that's really important with understanding conflict resolution because people will go and like, well, I got to go confront them again because I'm in conflict with them and I got to go confront them again and I got to go confront them again and I got to get them to change and I got to get them to see they're an idiot and I got to, you know, do all this (laughs) so that I can have peace because I can't resolve conflict because they view it as two-sided. But I believe that actually you can completely resolve that conflict in your soul toward that person. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, because you will have conflict with people that refuse to change. Then what? Are you just like at the mercy of their idiocy? (laughs) It sounds like an enemy, somebody that's unrepentantly opposed to you that you can't really get along with that you're supposed to love unconditionally. And that's, if you love those that love you, what more are you doing than other, other people? Yeah. So. Well, I think that's what we see like with Paul, you know, he's, he's not afraid to confront. <clears throat> definitely. He calls things out, but I don't believe he was actually in conflict with those people. That's why he could restore them mm-hmm. when they, when they would repent and they would come back. And there's a big difference between confronting sin, uh, acknowledging what it is, being willing to just call it out or misbehavior or mm-hmm. any of those things. And then there's a difference between that and being in conflict with somebody where your uh, your soul, something in your soul is against them. Yeah, and yeah. you won't be able to receive them if you're still in conflict. So there has to be something that happens mm-hmm. internally with us, even in an unchanging situation where we can allow the Lord to resolve the conflict in our souls and bring peace to us, even if that person just mm-hmm. continues on their merry way. Yeah, even past the seven times seventy. You mean even past, past there. Even yeah, where well, you don't have that to was keep forgiving stop. over and over. Where actually that thing stops offending <laughs> you. Uh, there's yeah, there is something from beyond <laughs> you can forgive <laughs> you can forgive and forgive and then every time you see that person you get offended again and you forgive them again and you see them again you get offended again and you forgive or actually allowing the lord to resolve something in your soul so the next time they do that thing it doesn't stumble you the next time yeah so your eyes are on something else you know your eyes are on yeah. you know if you keep your eyes on jesus the one who's forgiven much <laughs> loves much and you think like there is nothing that we could have done to resolve our conflict with him. And he came and died to, uh, to make peace with us. So that's always the standard. You know, it says in first John, mm-hmm. we love our brothers by laying our life down for them. Mm-hmm. And we don't just love people that it's easy to love when it costs us nothing. And it will, like pastor Bob said, like you'll lose some stuff when you confront, like you could, you could lose temporary peace. Like you could lose, um, you know, a lot if you actually love somebody and you bear with somebody and, you know, you're continually forbearing and you're walking with them. It's not going to be like a, a nice feeling, you know, but you're showing them love and you're, you're totally committed to them. I think also you have to be careful that you're not joining in their folly, mm-hmm. right? That's not, you know, getting, a, that's not getting along with them. Right. That's not, yeah, I mean, you can love a person and not like them, right? You might not like what they're doing, you know, like I would say Jesus doesn't like everything we do. <laughs> he may love us, you know, eternally, but he doesn't like us sure. all the time. And we can't just like everything because, it, you know, then we're just, uh, I mean, we're turning a blind eye to something that, uh, you know, we're, we're teeing ourselves up to be hurt again mm-hmm. externally, if you will, not internally maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's called, like, to me, that's just foolish or recklessness. And, you know, why? Yeah. Stupidity. You, Stupids, <laughs> it's the stupids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I when you a lot of Christians, 
a lot of Christians I've talked to, um, they believe when they're in conflict, they have to completely just eat everything. Like they can't mm -hmm. voice truth. They can't uh, correct someone. They can't seek justice for a wrong that was suffered or else they're not forgiving or they're not uh, being a peacemaker, but that's crucial to being a peacemaker. And like we've been saying, confronting that. But like Liz is saying, somebody may not care at all that what they did was unjust or was not in line with truth or was not merciful or hurt you. Or they might not care at all about that. Mm -hmm. And that's where you face the test of like, okay, I've said my piece, I've done what I can do. Um, all I can choose to do now is pray for them and love them. Um, and you know, like you said, resolve in my heart before God. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't want anyone to feel like we're just saying um, to stuff it all down and just no. try to deal with it. Cause mm -hmm. I do believe the Bible gives so many um, pathways to redress grievances. And, you mm -hmm. know, it says like, don't even worship God. If someone has something against you, go and make it right with them. Mm -hmm. God would rather see you make a grievance right than to go up to the front of the church and yell and run around and dance. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> he'd rather right. see you yeah. uh, confront a problem, which won't feel mm -hmm. as good to you, uh, but it will create oneness within the church. Um, anyway, those are just a couple. Well, I think also yeah, there's there's time. You know, God gives us discernment and times, and we have to be able to judge things uh, in that moment. Also, things separately. I don't think it's one size fits all. You know, the word tells us. You know, how about answer a fool? Don't answer a fool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one scripture after another. The total like you're they're in total conflict with each other, <laughs> and you're like, what's yeah. going on with that? But the reality Paradox. is, are you you know, uh, there are times when you you must you know uh, you must show the truth uh, to someone, mm -hmm. and then there are going to be times when you're just wasting your breath and you're. Mm -hmm. But you need to know that uh, in your like you were saying earlier in your heart you're not harboring something against that person. Yeah. Just because if I've uh, discerned that you're not going to be receive something, <laughs> no matter how truth it is, how much from God it is, how much I'm doing it out of love. If you're absolutely just not going to receive it, I might as well not even tell you. Now, if it's something that may um, rescue you from a deep sin or something like that, then the Bible's pretty clear about that too. You know, you got to go warn, right. right? You can't just let them go because that would be a foolish, yeah. reckless thing with someone else's life. Mm -hmm. So there is that part, but we have to, you know, uh, what I've found with people is a lot of people that I've dealt with that, you know, counseling and stuff, the, the conflicts they have are over stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like stuff they could have just like, they could have, they could have took, take care, taken care of this early on. You know, or they were just reckless. Like yeah. I've seen, I've seen brothers and sisters um, make agreements with somebody, but not write it down. Mm. So everybody came away with a different idea different what idea. the agree yeah. agreement is, oh. and you're like, no, seriously, right? A lack and, of clarity creates right. conflict, right? And then, and and so you know what? I've had to sit down with people actually to try to resolve that kind of conflict because mm -hmm. there was actually ought now there was actually i mean it was right. going it was going off the deep end over something that you know wasn't worth it first of all is to show them that this <laughs> this isn't worth it <laughs> what you're doing to each other is not worth it and also what you're doing to the body of christ is not worth it yeah. the kind of thing you're bringing on the church because we just think our little you know problems are just independent of the of the of right. god and the church right. it, they're not you cause you can cause grief on the church mm -hmm. you know and so uh i've had to sit down and tell and and show people hey this is not worth it number one yeah. number two it was both your fault because <laughs> they're always saying no well they said this and i said and i said wait did anybody write this down Mm. No, I go well. Then you're both at fault. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. You, you, you know, you said, he right. said, she said. It's like it doesn't matter now because I don't see it in black and white. Mm. And you you entered into a covenant without a contract. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that matters because that's where conflicts happen. Mm. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the keys that you said too was that um, uh, conflict is best handled early on. Mm -hmm. not after it's gone on for a while and now it's like all these things get piled onto it and added in this insult and that insult and this perceived slight and that and like everything gets piled onto this big mess when it could have just been resolved 
at the start. Yes. I think that is really one of the keys. Then you went into <laughs> ultimate hate. Yeah. Right? And then bitterness. there's, yeah, there's oh, bitterness, God. there's resentment. God. Usually there's gossip that's happening right. at that point. There's division that's happening in the church. It's like, man, if this was all just like handled, hey, what was that thing you said? Can we just, I, that didn't sit right with me. What, right. what was that? Man, mm-hmm. that saves so much headache, so much uh, emotional turmoil, <laughs> so much sin really from happening. You I mean think like that's a really little, one a of little the, tiny match fire causes yeah, the little foxes that spoil the vine. Yes, the little <laughs> yes. foxes do spoil the vine. <laughs> but I think that's a really important key. Yeah. It's like if there's com- if you like, oh that that didn't that didn't sit right. That didn't, you know, like, oh I don't know what that person meant by that. That hurt. It's like just find out. Like, hey, when you said yeah. this, was this what you were saying? So you shouldn't let the sun go down on your anger. Oh, wow. yes. These scriptures, it's like, almost like God's giving us keys he like, for conflict he's, resolution. Nah, he's not doing that. Gave us the no. keys <laughs> to, to unlock. I mean, brave peace. communication. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, hey, yes. let me ask you guys um, as ministers and counselors, okay? Um, what are some favorite strategies you use to defuse conflicts and or make peace? What are some things that you will normally do when you either someone has a problem against you or you're helping somebody um, solve a problem? What are some things you like to do um, in general? Like, where well, do you start? No one ever has a problem with me, so I don't know if I can answer <laughs> Yeah, that. I, I, don't, I can't answer that part either because <laughs> yeah. I'm so well loved. Yes, me too. I never have any conflicts yeah, with Yeah, I've never had any conflicts, so I, I don't know. And, and if I did, they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> If someone comes okay, to me, denial, good strategy. Denial is yes. a good <laughs> Just tell them they're confused. Living yeah. in La La Land. Tell them they're in sin. <laughs> you <laughs> must be crazy. We never, add, never judgment. <laughs> add judgment to their conflict. Oh my gosh. No, if someone comes to me with an issue about me, I try to, first of all, not defend myself right off the bat, even though I really want to. Um, and even though I'm like, we could solve this in like 10 seconds. But. Knives I, out. I, <laughs> so I tell myself, <laughs> listen, just listen to what they're saying. <laughs> just listen to what they're saying. And I try to let them know early on, I, I'm really sorry. I did not mean to do that to you. Like, even if I was something I'm completely oblivious of, because it usually is. If I, if I know I've caused conflict, I did it intentionally. So I'm pretty aware of those, but so often it's, <laughs> I'm oblivious to it. Um, and so I try to let them know, like, I'm really sorry. I did not intend to do that and try to just really hear them. Um, so for me, it's, and it's hard, it's hard not to be initially like defensive. It's hard not to be like, oh my gosh, like we're, there's so many other things to do. Like really we're dealing with this, but it's just listening because I need to understand <laughs> my actions have consequences. My word of words have mm-hmm. consequences, even if they're unintended. Yeah. So I try to approach it that way and to really hear, um, if it's not resolving, I'll say, Hey, maybe, you know, we could get together with someone else and mm-hmm. let's just talk about this. Cause maybe we're not seeing things exactly eye to eye, or I'm a little confused <clears throat> about what's happening here. Yeah. So bringing someone else in is always helpful. Um, if it's conflict between two other people or someone's coming to me with a conflict they have towards someone else, I ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. that usually just like asking questions, lets them know they're being heard. They get to kind of sort through whatever it is that they need to get out. Cause a lot of times Mm -hmm. there's just stuff that needs to get out before they'll actually be able to think clearly about what's happening. Um, and so conflicts kind of give time or questions give time for that, but they also begin to like, I can kind of begin to sort through yeah. what's actually happening here. Is the conf is this event that happened really the conflict or is there something that's happening deeper than that? Is there something in them that was, you know, mm-hmm. hurt before this and this just touched that place? Like what's the root of it? So mm-hmm. questions for me, asking questions are a big yeah. tool that I use. Well, for me, um, I think the first thing I would do is uh, if someone came to me and they had a problem with something I did or said um, and I recognized it, I would ask their forgiveness. Mm. I would, I'd probably do this pretty readily, except if it was my wife, <laughs> because then my pride would get in the way, you know, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, this is easy to say, you know, if we're going to yes, be serious, that's what I'm here, saying. Real. Yes. <laughs> if it, this is easy unless you're in 
intimate relationship with yes. someone, then a whole different set of we got to do yeah. a whole different if podcast. Not, if you're not on in a relationship, because <laughs> if you're not in a really in close relationship, you yeah. always have the escape. Right. I'm just I'm just not going to hang I, out with this. Or person. you're like you don't even care, right? <laughs> but if you're in relationship with someone, then a whole different level comes in, and then you really must subdue your pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then actually ask forgiveness. Uh, or else it ain't going anywhere. If, like I said, if there's something they're bringing to you that is truth, or even if it was something you didn't see, like where you didn't intentionally go out to mm-hmm. do something. Um, when I, if I've gone out intentionally to do something, that's a whole different story. Right, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> nobody's alive after that. <laughs> but to answer your the easier question, because that one was the hard question, yeah. somebody out there is going to have to deal with that in their own life. Mm-hmm. But the, the easier question is dealing it with uh, people who have a conflict and they come to me and counsel. Uh, first of all, I will only listen to one side and make no mm-hmm. assumptions, come to no uh, conclusions. And I will let somebody know that if they're coming to me with a problem with someone else, they're going to know I'm not judging the situation on hearing one side of the story. Yeah. And right. they, that's I right. think you. But what if, if they cry a lot? That's great. We give, oh, we have lots okay. of Kleenex, okay. and so. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I, and I think that's just being true to a person. And we're talking about someone counseling in a position like that because mm-hmm. um, you're doing a great disservice, and you're going against the word of God. Listening to a word, you know, to one side of a story, especially if you're talking yeah. about marriage counseling, that sure. usually, yeah. you know. Uh, but after that, all gets ha- happens. I would bring them together because what you will find is uh, separate uh, ways of viewing things when they are come together and they're modulated by each other, then a whole nother truth comes. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, uh, well, you know, he just said this. Well, I didn't think he meant that. You know, he, well, he just, he's telling you that's what he meant. So usually a lot of conflicts come from, really bad communication, like horrible communication that the enemy gets in the middle of too. You know, that guy, the devil, um, gets in the middle and starts causing confusion, starts bringing lies, starts bringing, you know, accusation. And people latch onto that. Like they can't discern like, whoa, that's the enemy. You know, or, you know, and like I said, this is something that's going to get to the heart of somebody out there because um, you're getting that all alone. Some some problem you're having with somebody is growing and it's growing because you're listening to lies. Um, They can be lies that have a lot of truth in them, by the way, but you're listening, you're giving them credence rather than going and taking care of business the way God says to take care of business. Mm-hmm. To actually go and ask mm-hmm. forgiveness, and 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 by the way, when you ask somebody's forgiveness, if you go to them to ask forgiveness with the with the idea or the expectation, the assumption <laughs> that they're going to fall down and cry and go, "You were right, I was wrong." No, God didn't. None of the forgiveness scriptures talk about that. <laughs> it says, "Go take care of business, forgive." Mm-hmm. And then you can come back and we can deal with you worshiping me. Yeah. God's yeah. talking about that, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. but but he's not saying when you go do that, they're all gonna like, oh, you were, you. oh yeah, you were so right. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you came. No, they might not, they may just tell you to go pound sand. Yeah. And just <laughs> and go on their merry way. Go pound sand with your hot little hands. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you one It'll thing that's glass. really helped me with this, with this whole area is, one, is something that Sam Chan says that mm-hmm. conflict is the result of unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. And that really helps me yes. to understand, to like to be able to get the root of it. Even in my own life, when I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, something just happened. And right. I, now I'm feeling conflicted with this person and I don't know what it is. And then I think back, like, what was I expecting them to do? Versus what they actually did. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that is where conflict comes from. I'd say most of the time that people have an expectation of something or an expectation of someone and they didn't live up to that or it didn't happen the way they thought it was going to. And Mm -hmm. now conflict, now there's conflict in their soul towards a person or towards an organization or towards Mm -hmm. someone else or sometimes with the Lord, right? They come into conflict there with an expectation they had. 
Um, so that, that one simple key has really helped me in my own life to be able to identify what is this, but also with people yeah. to like, okay, what was the, I'm thinking as they're talking, what was the, what was the expectation here that didn't get met? Now there's disappointment and there's hurt. Yeah. That happened there. So people know like in real relationships, like Liz and I work together all the time. So she's lowered her expectation of me <laughs> so much that there's no disappointment anymore. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I expected Bob to do that. <laughs> I have no expectations. Yeah. Right, none at all. Yeah, it it's like anything, yeah. actually anything I do rises to such a high level, <laughs> you know, because it's like you didn't expect anything. Oh, you got, my gosh. Yeah. That, wow. That's another way of dealing with life. That's true. Yeah. You never come into conflict if you have no expectations of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or if you just hold everyone in contempt, <laughs> life's a lot better. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, wow. there I might be thinking, some truth in there, by the way. <laughs> Just saying, there could be some truth floating around through in there. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> look at we lost poor yeah. David. No, no, I was just thinking. Poor about, Pastor David's like, he's like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> okay. These guys have gone off the deep end. Yeah, me. I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to think about how to phrase it. Is that um, you always, for me, I always want to get myself and I want to get other people out of sulking. Because people are like, like you're never going to handle anything like that. When you're a victim and you have no ability to do anything and you're totally dependent on other people's actions, Mm. that's not a saved person. That's not an overcoming person. That's not a spirit-filled Christian. Mm. Um, That's not somebody that's imitating Jesus Christ. And so I'll try to instill in myself is like, am I seeking relationship or am I seeking revenge? Mm. And that's like, if I'm seeking revenge, I can't solve anything <laughs> if i if i'm seeking relationship then i just have to figure out how to make it work I, I i prize the relationship over being right on all these issues there might be things i'm not going to compromise but uh you know i'm going to try to pursue the relationship above that so once i have my goal which is the relationship i have to get there um and i have to take the first step to do it even if i was totally wronged Right. And that's what I want to leave somebody is like, they are waiting. They're like, oh yeah, like I want to resolve with this person. But do you? Because if you do, you will take the first step. If you believe God has done that for you, you will always take the first step every single time. It would be nice if somebody outdid you in showing honor and they did it, but it probably is not going to happen that way. Pastor David, (laughs) can someone do that while they're trying to protect their own life? Um, their physical life, maybe, but maybe, no, but, but like <laughs> if they're trying to guard no. their, you know, hold on to everything. On no, that, if they have to be recognized, pride, if they have to be recognized as the greatest and they were right. And you know, the other person mm-hmm. was really a monster and they should realize they were a monster in every single way. Uh, no, but you got to release that. And like Liz said, you had an expectation of something mm-hmm. and you actually had an entitlement to a certain result mm-hmm. and right. you need to release any entitlement that you're going to get love in return for the love that you give. Mm. Well, that's a hard word. So you, you have to settle that in your mind that you are always going to give love and you're not going to lend it. You're just going to give it even if you never get it back. So for these relationships that are important to you, you're going to seek that relationship. You're always going to take the first step um, and you're always going to give love and no one can ever make you not do that. <laughs> that's up Isn't to that you. The truth? Um, you have a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. Nobody can ever make you not love. So you're in control of that. You're not a victim. So you can resolve conflict. You can confront <laughs> Satan and that satanic person. I'm just kidding. No, you can actually make <laughs> peace with them. So uh, yeah, we're so glad you guys joined us. Hopefully you'll join us again. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com. <laughs>